Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back by no one's demand but our own. Came in a little hot on the mic. It must be Divisional Weekend. Welcome back to the 615 Sessions podcast. Buck Rising here with you for another episode in the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. We got a great one. We got a great football game, frankly, in this divisional round between the Tennessee Titans and the Cincinnati Bengals. And we got a great cast of panelists with Corey Curtis of WKRN News 2 and Teresa Walker of the Associated Press to talk about this game with all of the different storylines that will come in and, frankly, that will come out of this result. We're going to get into it in great detail. Got some Music City mailbag questions to get to as well. But first, I got to tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford. They've got the Build For You program. And if you're in this new year, what are we? As we're taping this podcast, it's a Thursday, by the way. We decided to get it to you a little early since the Titans are playing on a Saturday. If you're in this new year like me and a new vehicle is in your future, you can go through the Built For You program at Two Rivers Ford, which allows you to select any vehicle, any customizable accessories, any color, get it manufactured for you and delivered right to your door. It's a great program that Two Rivers Ford has and something that I'm going through myself. I'm going through it with the 2022 Ford Explorer and my non-commissioned salesperson, Jonathan Wittelick, he's been an absolute stud about the whole process. They'll do the exact same thing for you when you go out to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or visit them online at tworiversford.com. 615 Sessions podcast. We got Corey Curtis from WKRN News 2 and Teresa Walker from the Associated Press. We got a divisional round football game. We got Derrick Henry back in the building and all anybody could talk about is the peach. I don't know. If this is the place that we need to start the podcast today, for those of you listening, this is a peach colored jumpsuit in my opinion, but apparently my judgment, both from a fashion standpoint and a color standpoint has been questioned. Hello to you both. Hello, Buck. It's good to see you. <laughs> Hello, Buck. And and I'll just say to me, it looked tan. I'm just saying, uh, you know, but uh, Jim Wyatt's photo, you know, his tweet catching you. I mean, I swear it looked like you were like, what? And and again, it reminds me of a you know rabbit looking their head out, kind of surprised somebody's there. What's up, Doc? It wasn't See, a bad, wasn't a great look for me. For no, me, it, it comes down to this. If you were working out and were sneaking in a workout before you got to the Titans facility, I could go with it. But I'm gonna quote the great Jerry Seinfeld. You really look like you've just given up on attracting a mate and you're just gonna be comfortable. <laughs> Which my girlfriend can probably confirm at this point <laughs> in our relationship. No, we uh well, we can make fun of the tracksuit later. But Derek Henry, I mean, the biggest thing other than apparently my tracksuit on the internet yesterday, Derek Henry. Mm -hmm. Spoke to the media. I mean, guys, this is crazy. They've, uh, this is 
an incredible story all year long. We've all talked about it at great length. Um, but the opportunity for them to do this in this spot with Derek on the field, Corey, I don't know how you could write a more perfect script for this up until this point and then, you know, see how the playoffs go. Well, Buck, I mean, I think the first part of this for me is it just goes back to the NFL's new injured reserve rules and how much better it is for the league. So much. I mean. I mean, because okay, not only did it give the Titans a shot at bringing Derrick Henry back, we've still been talking about Derrick Henry for three months, whereas before we would have written him off and known we weren't going to see him till next year, and we wouldn't have been talking about him. Last weekend, we got back J.J. Watt and Juju Smith-Schuster because yeah. of the injured reserve rules, and now we're getting back Derrick Henry. And I say we, as far as NFL fans, getting to see great football players play. Look, we knew the timeline. We knew how it was going to work out, and we, you know, we also know that this can be a tricky injury. But having seen him practice for three straight weeks with no setbacks, and I listen to the national media say, if he comes back, and I listen to people say he's going to play on one leg, I'm like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. The guy's been practicing for three weeks. He's going 100%. My main concern for him is mental. Is, is he mentally good to cut and blast away on that foot? Because I think physically, outside of not playing football for three months, he looks good to go. And, and that's the biggest thing, Corey. When you come off an injury, you know, it does take something. You need to be hit. He's going to have to cut and plant on that foot in a game to truly be confident in it and see how he's going. And, you know, yeah, he joked about how he has that big plate in his foot, and that's the only difference between his feet. But, you know, that is going to be a hurdle for him to get over. And you mentioned the, the unlimited return rules. Guys, forget Derrick Henry. This team is not in the playoffs if not for the unlimited return rules. I mean, 91 players used this year, 39 on defense. I think it's 43 on offense. I mean, 43, is it different starters? I mean, the numbers are almost stunning. Most ever in a non-strike season in the NFL. And, you know, I wrote, a, I wrote about this uh, a couple months ago. The, the NFL is going to be talking about the unlimited return rules this offseason. If they don't make it just the – 17-game season, this has to be the way the NFL operates moving forward. Otherwise, look at how many stars would be done for the year. J.J. Watt wouldn't have come back last weekend, and Derrick Henry wouldn't have had a chance to, to play on Saturday. The season's too long, and the medicine has improved too much to not allow guys to come back. No, you guys are both spot on in this regard. And, you know, a lot of a lot of business models just generally throughout the course of this entire thing have had inefficiencies exposed, you know, because their hands have been forced. And the NFL, not like their business was necessarily hurting, but for the first time in quite a long time, they took a loss on revenue last year as well. There has never been more intrigue, even with the, the quote unquote super wild card weekend that we got was just really a trash week at week 19 of NFL football, but still playoffs and still with the kind of juice that we're talking about, because you do have the potential for that star power to return at the perfect time. I think you you're both spot on with this conversation. That's why we're here, Buck. We're geniuses. <laughs> super geniuses, excuse me. So quote unquote super geniuses. But so we do get Derrick Henry back at this point. And I mean I talked to Greg Cosell about this yesterday. Corey, like Corey referenced, we've all seen him at practice and the progress that he's made ramping up and even the work. You've really not seen the work behind the scenes because for a superstar athlete, 
Derek has been really, really low key, almost non-existent for basically 12 weeks at this point, but they're not putting him out there, Teresa, to get six carries on Saturday. No. And, and that's the thing. My question is, is it 10 to 15 or 12? I mean, you know, and, and here's the thing, you still have Deontay Foreman, but as we heard all week, you know, the confidence that Derrick Henry gives them, the, the difference he makes in the passing game, uh, because you have to respect Derrick Henry's ability to go the distance anytime he touches the ball. And it's crazy to think that a six foot three, 247 pound guy can be that kind of a home run threat. Uh, you know, he's not, you know, he's not CJ2K. You know, he's not that blippity kind of guy who's going to just take a dart and go. But when he gets out in the open field, stiff arm, I mean, anytime he gets out in the open field you almost kind of hold your breath thinking he could go and you know because so often he does and you know it's, so does he come off of this injury can he be caught but uh you know I won't be surprised if he gets in the game and gets 18 carries on Saturday or maybe crazy close to 20 I mean we've seen him be kind of a physical freak at running back you know, for so long, it was like, you, you know, don't pay running backs. They're not worth it. Well, every now and then you get a special running back. And Derrick Henry has proven with his production and the names that he is keeping company with in NFL history with his production, he is different. And I think the other thing there, Teresa, you talked about his game-breaking ability. And that's one of the other big national misconceptions. You know, everybody just views him as a bruiser. He's a game-changer. He's a lightning bolt. He's a guy who goes 70 yards. That's the difference between him and Deontay Foreman. And I like Deontay Foreman, but Deontay Foreman doesn't go 70, okay? And Derrick Henry does. And the other thing that defense has with Derrick Henry is fear. They are afraid of being embarrassed on national television. They are keyed up. They are ready to go. They don't want to be ejected into the third row of the stadium, and they don't want to be posterized like Michael Jordan and be seen running behind him with him going for 50 yards. There is such a level of respect with him on the field that it commands that they pay attention to every bit of what he does. And that opens things up for AJ Brown, for Ryan Tannehill, for Anthony Ferkser, for Julio Jones. And I think I just saw the numbers on ESPN. Okay. They've only played together 120 snaps this year. That's yeah. Mike Keith gave us that number on the radio yeah. earlier. It's wild. And, and the, and the yardage totals they're putting up when they get those guys on the field together is staggering. Okay. So I have said for weeks that I feel like the reason for my optimism about this team is not only because I think they're well coached and because I think that they're really super tough, but I still think that the best for this team is yet to come. I don't, I don't think we've seen it because we haven't seen the team very much. No, it's, it's a totally different. And Teresa, you outlined the, the number of different starters, the number of different uh, players who have dressed for this team. And I didn't mean to cut you off there. Well, it, it, that's the thing. They're 12 and five with the number one seed. Despite that, they're, they're four and zero against the remaining teams in the divisional round. Uh, you know, the numbers that they put up eight wins against teams with winning records. Now, asterisk first time in his, you know, it's his first 17 game season, but they're the first team in NFL history to have that many wins against other winning teams. And yet they've done it with the rotating faces, the different players, the limited na- amount of snaps for their, their triplets. And, you know, that's the thing. Now we get to see if they can put it together at this stage and they're rested I mean it's like you know I, I, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson could not have drawn a script 
to have this team ready for this moment any better. It, you know, it has a potential. I mean, they're going to, you know, Super Bowl's in LA. Yes, there's a chance for a Hollywood ending to this season. <laughs> Look at you. It's like you're a writer, Teresa Walker, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but the thing, and Corey, I, I like the point that you brought up about the respect that has to be paid because we, we've all seen it a million times. Defenses sell out to stop Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill can then either boot out or catch a crossing pattern across the middle of the field because the linebackers have been sucked up. And because they have boot rules, they're already looking to account for that crosser. So you've already put them in a mm-hmm. conflict situation. And it just, it's tenfold with Derrick on the field. A lot of it's just a lot of, I mean, physically, he's incredible, faster, mm-hmm. bigger, stronger, all these things. But so much of this impact, guys, it's it's not necessarily quantifiable. It's the confidence that having him out there on the field means for the Tennessee Titans. It's the fear, as Corey said, and kind of just overthinking or over-preparation that can slow you down just a fraction of a second as a defender because you're not exactly sure what's going to happen, but you know you have to keep your eyes on that guy. And then, I mean, I can't remember the name of the Bill Safety who – did not make the business decision. It's one of, it's his respect. It's as Josh much. Norman. As, oh my God. It's as much respect as I've had for another human being in my life because he tried to get in, in the way of Derrick Henry. Darius Leonard has tried to do that. And even when you do all of the things right and you square up to make the tackle, he's still 250 pounds mm-hmm. and he's going to roll over your face. That place is going to be nuts on Saturday court. Uh, you know what? I usually don't care if they intro the offense, the defense, but I think they're crazy if they don't introduce the offense to start this football game. I like I've I've been here almost 20 years. I got here in 2003, so I was not here for the Super Bowl here. And I have I have been here to hear that stadium be crazy loud. Like uh, Trace, you remember the Code Blue game? When they beat Peyton Manning and the Colts on Monday Night Football, that was when they went uh, when they started thirteen and zero. I mean, that place was nuts. This is as excited as this town has been about this team in twenty years, and as confident as they've been about this team in twenty years. Derrick Henry is a big part of that. Um, their belief in Derrick Henry is a big part of that. I think the team's belief in Derrick Henry is a big part of that. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting off track here. But, you know, it's 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 just introducing a guy, but it's all so symbolic. It's like it's like wrestling. You know, it's like that Ray Lewis intro. I mean, that set the stage for every Ravens game for a decade. And that's going to set the stage in this game. They introduced the defense. I want to know who made that decision because I think they're nuts. (laughs) There's no way, Teresa. There's no way. Well, and introduce Derek last. You know, usually it's well, uh, yeah. Ryan, yeah, right. Usually it's Tanny Hill coming out. But you mentioned loud, and it's like I've covered every. You know, I've been every all twenty five seasons. So Music City Miracle. Once they announced that the touchdown stood, yeah, it was insane. Uh, yeah. The other time, the, the divisional, the last time they won a divisional playoff game in that stadium, you know, the fireworks going off, Joe Nedney, you know, on the third try, the kick finally gets through, you know, with all the timeouts, et cetera, and they finally win that game. It was really loud that day. That said, think about it. Last year, you know, COVID, they, they had a limited number of fans in the stadium for that game. The defense was so bad last year. Yes. Nobody had any expectations of this team in the postseason. Especially playing the Ravens. It, you know, it just, it was set up for, it's like, oh, deja vu, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, and, and then this is a team that 
third straight playoff run two years ago in the AFC championship. It doesn't feel like this franchise has had the chance until now to truly kind of reap what they have sown Mm -hmm. in this stretch where they've been putting things together. So this, it feels like it. I mean, to have sold out this game and a potential AFC championship game before you know your first opponent to me is a sign that fans are ready to come out, support this team and be loud. Yeah. Pro football in Nashville for for me, I mean, you know, it hasn't been it hasn't been twenty plus years. It's I, I got here right at the start of the Marcus Mariota thing. And it's your fault. It was your fault. And listen, they've never had a losing season with me covering the team. So you're all oh, welcome. Oh <laughs> wow. So it was John Robinson or Buck Rising. Uh, listen, it would it will be hot, hotly contested on sports talk radio everywhere in Nashville until the end of time. But um, I mean, just I, I remember thinking when I first got here, just to kind of put it through, because I think it's great context because we got all kinds of people, you know, who have been here, who are transplants mm-hmm. coming into Nashville. And I think that's such a big part of what this is, guys, because the there's a disconnect. Of fans. There's yeah. a disconnect yeah. between generations mm-hmm. of people like me who have come in, you know, for me, six years. And I'm, I'm one of the longer tenured people among the people that I know who are moving to Nashville. People get in two weeks ago, a month ago, whatever. People are moving into the city like crazy, and it's been the case for a while now, but they've all always had other NFL teams Mm -hmm. and nothing to really, really attach themselves to the Tennessee Titans in a way that you feel like can stick, like the Predators in 2017 with the Stanley Cup run and Mm -hmm. how much more energy that gave to people who had just gotten to town, seen how Nashville handles these events, And from my standpoint, I think it is so important, not just for their postseason viability, because that's huge, of course, how they handle this postseason. Ryan Tannehill is going to be judged very much on how he handles this postseason. Julio Jones is going to be judged very much on how they handle this postseason. But for the future, future sustainability of them being talked about in a way that people want them talked about locally, They've got to make some noise against Joe Burrow and a really, really good uh, Bengals team. Yeah, it's an opportunity without question, Buck. I mean, when you talk about, you know, putting yourself in position, you know, they had this town. The Titans had this town and they never really, truly lost it, but they lost the investment of the fan. Right. Like. I like the Titans. I just don't like them enough to spend $300 to go to the game this weekend. I'll just watch it on TV. Sure. Now you're starting to get fans. I want to be a part of this experience. And, you know, I say this because they were poorly managed for a long time. I, I have talked at length about how Amy Adams Strunk has helped save this franchise. Um, and they've giving them a product worth watching. And now they're also giving them star players worth paying to go see that that is another thing that has been missing i remember when the dallas cowboys came in here and just beat the stew out of them i mean they came in with demarco murray and tony romo and they just blasted them i remember joe leading him was our weekend sports anchor at the time and i said like, joe gosh what would it be like if the titans actually had players like that and then they got demarco murray and they were really good that year and and they've and they've added more and more good players and and now we have a top five player here in Derrick Henry you're giving fans a reason to spend that money to believe and attach themselves but you're right this is a big game this is a big game you can only break hearts so many times and they've done it a couple times this year (laughs) Teresa 
Well, they absolutely have. But uh, I, here's the difference. You know, uh, trust me, as soon as I got that number one seed, I had fans at, adding me on social media. I, some people remembering what happened in 2000 and 2008 when they lost to the Ravens and those Super Bowl dreams were just dashed on the rocks that, you know, they were almost like, no, I'll pass. I don't want that. But here's the difference. One, the Ravens aren't here. They're done. They're toast. And coach, I mean, you know, for all that Jeff Fisher did for this franchise, and, you know, he did take them to their only Super Bowl berth. Mike Vrabel, the confidence that his experience with three Super Bowl rings, knowing what matters at this stage of the postseason. I mean, we've heard his message since the game ended in Houston about how, you know, it's it's win or go home. It's the, you know, we made it to the Elite Eight where, you know, it's, uh, you know, now it's one fumble can cost you everything. You know, every penalty matters. And you talk to players the last couple of days, they've been mimicking that message. So they, they know that this is the time where what you do matters, you know, study harder, prepare yourself, make sure you're eating and doing everything you possibly can to seize this moment. And I think that may end up being the difference, his experience on this stage. And, and to circle around to what Corey said, credit to Amy Adams Strunk. You know, she agreed with John Robinson firing Mike Malarkey. They they just made it to a divisional round, and yet they decided, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna push our chips to the middle of the table, and we're gonna fire this guy and take a chance on a guy who's never been a head coach before. But we're gonna we're gonna see if he can take us to championships. And let's face it, they're they're three games away from putting their marker down, you know, building that Titan way that they talked about when he was introduced. I watched that Dallas Cowboys 49ers playoff game on Sunday and I watched Mike McCarthy and and he's not alone. He's, but he's the most recent example of a coach who just cost his team the opportunity to do something and a roster in Dallas that could do something. Mm -hmm. And I watched that game at the end and just thought to myself from our perspective, Mike Vrabel would never put them in a position like that. And there have been moments when we have been critical about in-game coaching decisions. Sure. But as, as Teresa brought up, first time head coach or first, you know, this is his, this is still his first tenure as an NFL head coach. And how, how much smarter the game has gotten and people like Vrabel have gotten around the game at this time of year, not just having a competitive roster and a healthy competitive roster but Corey your coach being a plus on the sideline I mean if you want to look at Cliff Kingsbury if you want to look at McCarthy if you want to look at a Brandon Staley who overthought it too much like there are a lot of different examples of how things can go sideways very quickly if the person on the sidelines for you doesn't have a grasp of the situation there's no coach in the league who's more prepared than Mike Vrabel I mean, his teams are prepared for everything. And I know there's Bill Belichick out there. I, I, I do. He wasn't prepared for Josh Allen. And he's, been out, and he's been outcoached by Mike Vrabel every time he's played him. Even the game they won, he was outcoached in that game. They had a plan. Um, yeah, he had a plan. It's just turnovers cost him the football game. Yeah. Um, so he, he knows the rules. He, there's a lot of Jeff Fisher in Mike Vrabel. I know fans don't like to hear that. Nobody knew the rules better than Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Nobody. He's on the and, competition committee for a yes, reason, as is yeah, Mike. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and 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 maybe I should say a younger Jeff Fisher rather than than towards the the end of the line. But I mean, there there are some similarities. But look, his team is always prepared. His team has taken on his swagger. And the thing that I have loved about what he has done, 
you know, I guess it could have something to do with the roster, but I think it has a lot to do with him is the toughness to which this team plays with. Uh, I have continually said they are like Rocky Balboa. They lead with their chin. They say, go ahead and hit me as many times as you want. I will be standing when this game is over and you will not be. And I think that absolutely has 100% to do with their head coach. I think preparation is one thing and it's massively important, but I think toughness is an intangible that very few coaches can invoke in a team and he's done it. And they trust him. Yeah, totally. And and here's the thing, that situation in Dallas, uh, I'll make you a bet that he probably addressed that in the next team meeting that they had guys at the end of the game situation, if we're on offense, you give that ball to an official, you know, (laughs) Ryan Tannehill told us a few weeks ago that, you know, him and stretch go through, you know, game situations so that, you know, to double check things, double check the rules so that they're prepared for any moment that comes up. And so, yeah, if something happens and they've got the ball, I just can't, you know, if it's a choice to give the ball to Derrick Henry inside the 10, as opposed to maybe kicking a field goal, I'm thinking about Matt LaFleur's decision in the NFC championship game a year ago. You know, the odds are pretty good that Vrabel is going to make the right choice in that decision and, and, and gamble to win because that this is the time of the year where you, you know, it's win or go home. And he knows that very, very well. So, and yeah, he was just recently added to the competition committee because again, he knows that rule book. Yeah. Teresa. Oh, if, if they're going to pull this off and they're favored, I mean, they're three and a half point favorites. Vegas understands these things as well as any of us at this point. And there's, you know, outside of the Bengals being able to move the ball between, from 20 to 20, there's very little reason why they shouldn't be able to win this game. The expectation should act absolutely for them to be able to host an AFC championship game at this point. But Teresa, if they're going to do it, how will they do it? They've got to get pressure with their front four on Joe Burrow and make him throw a pick or two. Uh, you know, he's gone, they've gone five straight games without a turnover by that offense and he's not been picked, but they've got, you know, Simmons and Landry and Bud Dupree, who told us uh, a couple of days ago that he is as yesterday, that he is as healthy as he's been uh, in over a year. And he thinks he's peaking at the right time and he's ready to have a great game. So we haven't really seen him. We've seen him in spurts had a couple plays here and there, but we haven't seen him. So they've got the ability to pinch, go up the middle with Simmons and Autry. I'm looking forward to seeing what that front four can do. And also against an offensive line, the only quarterback who's been sacked more than Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow. And so get some turnovers. And and then, you know, that to me is the big key, because I do think the Titans offense will be able to do enough uh, to get enough points on the board to win. Let me add on top of that with the pass rush. It's got to be a disciplined pass rush, and that's one of the things that this team has done extremely well because if you just get pressure on Burrow up the middle, he will go out of the pocket and he will make you pay. We saw that last year. You saw that in the playoff game last week. One of the things this Titans front four has done extremely well is collapse the pocket from both sides and then hold it up in the middle so that there is no escape route. Having no escape route is much more important than flying in there at 700 miles an hour trying to take the guy's head off. Make him uncomfortable. Make him have to throw over somebody. Collapse it around him. And and they've done that this year against, against guys like Patrick Mahomes holding the Chiefs to three points. I think it's one of the huge keys to this game. You do that and you don't turn the football over. I like the Titans' chances a lot. I know nothing about astrology, but there's too many things that feel like they're cosmically aligned. Every, even, even coming back to the opponent, 
with the Cincinnati Bengals because you guys remember that press conference after Cincinnati. We're all on Zoom together, and we're asking Mike basically what the hell, and he's looking at us like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. We had we had the game plan; they just couldn't get it done. And when you They're brought terrible up, that day, terrible. brought up, oh Jonathan Joseph, Vic Beasley, both gone that Monday after, like. It was, I mean, there is, there is a lot of alignment that's happening with this football team. And the first part of that undisciplined or that disciplined pass rush, rather, Corey, that you brought up is that was one of the biggest criticisms I heard about Jadavion Clowney is that mm-hmm. yeah, just do what he wants and he'll hang out to dry a little well, bit. Well, he had, he had, but they had no sacks of Joe Burrow that day, but you remember he had a free run at oh. Burrow and <laughs> whiffed on him. It's so bad. On him. Yeah. Unbelievable. Also in that game, uh, Titans all year long in 2020, horrible in the uh, red zone and also third down. You know, those were two areas that they struggled in. Those are two areas that this defense with the changes that they made in personnel and shoot, you know, the Jim Schwartz effect, which we don't know exactly what he does. And we'll never find out. (laughs) We never will. But it's, you know, those are the areas that they absolutely are, have improved in. And, you know, some of the stats they gave us today that they're with the Bills and the Saints, you know, top 12 and a handful of very key defensive categories, you know, and the important ones, third down efficiency, red zone efficiency, and then, yes, sixth in points allowed. So, you know, the, dif- the difference in defenses from that time to now is amazing. And, and I'll just say this, the symmetry, you mentioned uh, how everything keeps coming around. You know, the Bengals just ended a playoff skid that, uh, you know, dated back to their last win over the then Houston Oilers, this franchise before it moved to Tennessee. And, you know, now they've lost, oh, you know, seven straight playoff games. They've never won away from home. It just doesn't feel like this is going to be a weekend where they're ha- going to be able to snap a second straight playoff drought. We're going to find out on Saturday, kids. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. Corey Curtis, WKRN News 2. Uh, make sure you're checking out all of their great work because there's going to be a lot of great conversations uh, coming out of this game one way or another. We're, going to be, we're all going to be there on Saturday to cover it. Guys, I appreciate you stopping by. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And a privilege. You. Got some Music City mailbag questions to get to, and we'll do that here in just a second. But first, got to remind you that we do the 615 Sessions podcast from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. And you know the DraftKings Sportsbook, unofficial sports betting partner of the NFL, has a fantastic offer for you as they count down to Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. I'm going to be at the Super Bowl, by the way. We're going to do an episode of the podcast from the Super Bowl while I'm out there doing uh, my radio show from Radio Row. I'm looking forward to that. Maybe the Titans will be there, maybe not, but I'll be there. We're on to the divisional round in the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook has this great offer for you. You bet just 5 bucks on any team to win, and you get 280 in free bets if your team does win. Simply download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code A2Z Sports. That's A T O Z Sports. And get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. You bet just 5 bucks and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code A to Z Sports for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee to bet. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, 
Music City Mailbag on this Divisional Week edition, and then we'll wrap things up for the day. Uh, I got J.M. McCombs, or J. McCombs, forgive me. And this is, by the way, you send them to my Instagram DMs. You can DM me on Instagram at BuckRising, R-E-I-S-I-N-G. All right, so J. McCombs on Insta has just sent me a screenshot of B.B. King and Eric Clapton, the song Riding with the King, and he says, song for Derek. So I was talking about this on the radio show. We're, we're taping this on a Thursday, so you probably hear it. Most of you. Friday morning as you're riding into work or getting your workout in or whatever you're doing with your day. Uh, we were talking about this on the radio show on Thursday. The song that Derrick Henry is going to come out to for pregame hype. Now, you, you heard Corey Curtis and Teresa Walker and I talking about this. You know, they're going to announce them a certain kind of way. They play like the Titans, the Titans uh, hype music over on a loop basically throughout the course of that pregame intro. Like there's not going to be anything that uh, that goes crazy or that Derek is going to play basically like walk-up music like they do in the MLB. But what we were having a conversation about is uh, Titans don't really have, I mean, they had Folsom Prison Blues, right? Fourth quarter, that was the song in Nissan Stadium, got people going. And it's kind of like Renegade for the Steelers in the fourth quarter with the terrible towels. It's a great visual. Uh, they they kind of messed with the Folsom Prison Blues bit a little bit in ways that doesn't. I don't. I wasn't crazy about it necessarily to start, but if I'm a Titans fan now, I'm looking at that like just just stop this already. Enough with this. We don't really have an established tradition like one of these franchises like the Steelers do, or you know things like Wisconsin jump around come to mind. There's a bunch of different stuff that I think helps embed tradition. And we're talking about tradition a lot today on the podcast with Corey Curtis and Teresa Walker. But uh, as a a hype song for Derek, B.B. King and Eric Clapton, listen, I love B.B. King and I love Eric Clapton, but uh, I'm going to need a little something. I'm going to need something with a little more juice out the gate than B.B. King. Let's see. We've got, uh, hey, brother, it's Jaden. So this is from Jaden Lasley, 14, the guy uh, you took a picture with in pregame. Oh, that's cool. I appreciate you coming up, uh, Jaden. Love your show. Would love to come check out the show at some point and meet you and talk with you if there's any possibility. I would be so down for that, man. Thanks for the picture and hope to hear from you. Uh, well, one, uh, Jaden, I'm sorry. I'm just now seeing this DM. Um, and yeah, I do pregame radio outside of the Outside of the stadium, um, the Lee Company Countdown to Kickoff, I do a pregame hour from three hours before kickoff every game, and even when I'm on the road, but I do that in my hotel room before I go to the opposing stadium. But I'm right outside the pro shop. Uh, if you guys ever want to hang out, I'm always out there. Uh, I know Vincent Love, one of our great, uh, one of our great like Titan super fans. V Love, uh, the Mater V or the Mater D rather of Nashville, I think is the. T- the term Chad Withrow coined for him. V-Love told me, or tweeted me rather, that he's going to come up to my pregame spot before Saturday's game. He's going to shotgun a beer, and then he's going to continue to tailgate. Now, what I told V-Love is this. I told this man that if he comes up to where I'm doing my pregame radio spot, right outside the pro shop, so that's the east side of the stadium. I think it's gate one, right there. If V-Love comes up to shotgun a beer, then I will I will bring a beer. Now, m- reminder, I'm working. I'm on the air in this moment. And I have about a 12-hour workday 
after the radio show because I've got a full game to cover, press conferences, we've got to write afterwards if their season's over. God knows what that's going to look like. Like It's going to be a long day. But if V-Love comes over, if any of you, by the way, come over with V-Love to shotgun a beer with me pregame or to shotgun a beer at my pregame spot, I will shotgun a beer with you. Now, I haven't shotgun a beer in God knows how long. It will not surprise you to hear I'm not really a beer drinker. Love tequila. Big fan of tequila. Probably more than I should. Uh, and to do a, a, you know, to take a, a shot of Don Julio straight to the door, no free, no free shouts, but a shot of tequila straight to the dome before I walk in to cover an NFL playoff game. Like, I don't know if that's in my best interest, but if V-Love comes over to shotgun a beer with me, we're going to shotgun a beer before I walk into Nissan Stadium. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be that kind of day, kids. I'm looking forward to it. So, Jane, yeah, anytime you want to come up and hang out pregame, I'm out there. I'm always wandering around the stadium. Uh, Teron Davenport, Jim Wyatt, myself, we're always out and about pregame uh, up until about 15 minutes before kickoff because me and Jimmy have a pregame Titans radio hit that we do from their booth up there with Mike Keith and Coach Mack, which is just so cool. Um, I Aside, because we don't have a ton of mailbag questions today, and this is just it, this game feels different, right? Um, I I don't know that I've ever been like me personally. Yeah, objective. I I try to. I mean, maybe you guys notice this. Sometimes I'll try to like intentionally distance myself from the Titans or from you know Titans fans, just because I think that there does need to be some line that's maintained for the purposes of objectivity. But here's what I'll say: like in terms of this week and the atmosphere that the city has had this week, there's nothing cooler. And I don't know that I've ever been excited, as excited, to cover a Titans game than I am this one this coming Saturday. Last year sucked. I mean, for a variety of different reasons. COVID, just an unholy suffering in all of our lives still at this point, but things a little more uh, easy to easy to maneuver that playoff game last year, it just it didn't. It felt like a scrimmage. It just didn't feel. It felt like nothing. I don't know. And you can't. You couldn't be out. You couldn't gather with people. And again, there's good reasons for that. Not going to relitigate the whole reason for the decision making throughout the course of 2020. But I am so excited to see how you guys show up and show out on Saturday. I'm excited to see how your team performs. I'm excited to watch Joe Burrow. I think he's going to give him a hell of a time. But this is going to be a fantastic event to be a part of, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, 2019 playoff one was spectacular, spectacular. But they did it all on the road. And, you know, here in Nashville, so many of you, a lot of you obviously are local, and there's a lot of people who aren't, like me, who come in as transplants and, and you know, native Nashvillians welcome you in and you, you get to be a part of what, how just badass a place this is to be and how many cool things go on throughout the course of this. And so to be a part of this this time around, I'm I'm hyped for. And I hope that you're just as hyped, if not for different reasons. All right, it's going to do it for us today on the podcast. I thought this was a really good one. I mean, I think they're all good. I'm biased, but I thought this was a really good one. And so I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. A little early for you to get you ready for the first game of the NFL Divisional Weekend, Titans and Bengals, 3.30 p.m. Central Time at Nissan Stadium. If you're out there and I see you, make sure you say hi. Always makes me very happy. And uh, if not, we'll talk about it on primetime. We'll talk about it on the radio show. We'll do it 
and we'll look forward to doing it. And maybe if they do their jobs, we might even do it for another week after that. See you next time on the 615 Sessions.